The following podcast is a Next Level production. Green was the first color to disappear outside. Our crops withered by drought. Our forests set ablaze. And then the whole charred ruin locked away in ice. Welcome to the show. I'm Steve. And I'm Daphne. And this is going to be a spoilerful discussion uh, podcast about Snowpiercer Season 3, Episode 8. We're getting close to the end, Daphne. Why don't you give us our title and synopsis? Okay, so the title for this episode is called Setting Itself Right. The synopsis goes like this. As the train detours from New Eden, an environmental catastrophe Threatens everyone aboard. That's good. Simple. Yeah. To the point. Uh, it is. So initially, what did you, you, after your first watch, what did you think? I preferred this episode to last week's, which I know I said I was not a huge fan, last week's episode. Mm-hmm. There were some things in it that I didn't like, but for the most part, I thought there were some great character moments with some of our favorites that I feel we can celebrate, (laughs) but there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. They set some things up for the future, which I'm excited about, but Steve, we only have two episodes left. I know. Isn't it crazy that two episodes and then we're done until then we're done till next year. Yeah. So it's crazy. I, I I was, I really did enjoy it. I was a little, I, I watched it. Um, I watched it late Monday night and then woke up early this morning and watched it and did my notes. So it was, there was a couple of things that I missed Monday night that I'm glad I picked up on them this morning. And mm-hmm. then there's also some confusing things that hopefully maybe we'll kind of talk through and, and yeah. work them out. But, uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, we're getting right towards the end and I'm, uh, I'm excited, but I'm also hesitant. I, uh, we should talk about the preview for next week as well uh, and what we hope is coming next uh, week. So but we'll, when we get there, but with that, we'll go into our top five. Once you choose survival at any cost, there's no going back. Except there is. I've seen it. We all find our place here, working together as one train. Now, as I say each and every week, Daphne. Why don't you kick us off? All right. Where do you want to start? I'm happy to. I feel like we have to start with Dr. Headwood and LJ. I mean, I knew she was kind of psycho, but I didn't really know that I was going to get to see basically what looked like a cheese grater grated on oh. her leg. That was so Wow. Oh, I could not watch that scene the second, like I, like I had to turn away on the second viewing. Cause I was like, I'm not watching that again. Yeah. And it's interesting because Dr. He- LJ of course goes to see Dr. Headwood because she's trying to get some information on Wilford. She's not buying into Oz's whole, 
well, we're going to get off this train and go to New Eden and have this new life. And that's why I'm canning vegetables. She's not really buying into it. So she goes to see Dr. Headwood. Who, who's like, okay, well, if you want in, this is the price you want. You might want to look away. LJ doesn't look away and she's actually screams and then is smiling at the end of it. Like she's so happy. Oh yeah. I, this was one of mine as well. And what, like it just, it seemed a, a weird, and this was one of my confusing things is Oz is, have we ever seen this before out of him of, of cooking? Like, no, not really. This I'm I'm just like, are they just taking characters and going, you know what? We're just going to take this character and we're going to make him completely different than he's been the entire time. And I'm like, what? You know, and there's that line that, and I, I put it in my notes in here in my notes because I didn't want to save it for quotes is when she goes and, you know, she shows up there and he's doing all this cooking. And she says, uh, Melanie, we're going. Did you hear the announcement? We're going to get Melanie. And she says, Oz, she's my arch enemy. What do you think she's going to do when she finds us running the night car? And that's when he goes in his thing of, oh, no, we're going to get off. We're going to get off the train. And I'm like. At what point, like, where was this, like, we needed to have something leading up to this, showing Oz buying into this, or, I mean, have we? Oh, he's fully bought in. We didn't get anything to show us, really, that he was getting bought in. But this is a different Oz than we've seen before. The Oz that we know is, was this jerk at the beginning of the show. And now we're getting this man who is into canning vegetables and farming and preservation and getting off the train. Yeah. He's bought in. I'm just, where did this come from? And I, I, you know, I understand what you're saying that she initially went there, but that was my very first question with this point is what is she up to with Dr. Headwood? And what is like Dr. Hedwood takes that that skin sample from her and then shoes her away. And towards the end of the episode, you know, we see her go to some other patient that on first watch, I was like, is it Icy Bob? Because all we see is a hand. And but what does she need LJ's skin for? And it just, and I don't know, is it Dr. Headwood? Who is this Who patient? is it? Okay, so during my first watch for this, I wrote down, Dr. Headwood has a Frankenstein monster. Mm. Because that okay. just made me think that right away. I'm like, okay. So she's making a monster. Who is that? Mm-hmm. And, of course, my brain is going a mile a minute to every person we've lost and wondering if someone we care about is in her laboratory. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's worse that they'd be dead on the show or in her laboratory. Like, it's scary. So I'm not yeah. really sure. And so, yeah, that was one of those super confusing. I'm just like, what is going? And why? why does LJ go to her? It was the other thing. Like, what I just didn't get the point of it, and, and hopefully they'll explain it more when we get further on. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think I said it before in in this season, where every time we start to think 
there's something normal about LJ. They remind us that, no, she's crazy. Okay. Well, <laughs> she really is. So She is. And I mean, Oz is living his best life. He's doing this food preservation, but he's got some music on, which was this very cool song called Renegade by The Chemist. And he's like being a DJ in a club. Yeah. Canning vegetables, which should not go together, but surprisingly does when it comes to him. I, I've enjoyed his character arc and I, I just hope that he doesn't become one of LJ's victims. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm totally right there with you that the whole LJ, Dr. Headwood storyline is in Oz. What's, what's going on there? Yeah. So I had that as, as one of my points as well. So what's your next one? Okay. So my next one is Audrey and Till. Their conversations and retreating to Till's cabin, where Audrey kind of takes Till through this process of facing who she used to be and who she is now. Because Till is a little conflicted in this episode. Like, it starts with Audrey telling Till that she doesn't want Melanie to come back and see her licking the floors and being, you know, not being the person that she used to be. And it seems like Audrey is kind of on the wagon right now. She's not really drinking. She's kind of clearing her head, like keeping her head clear. But she makes Till a drink and then she takes her through this process where she faces the who she was. And she talks about being rotten, cruel, bigoted, and violent. Mm -hmm. And then Audrey says to her, you removed the uniform. You let what you, you left what you knew to fight for what is right. You've changed. What we've done cannot be changed. Your past may be rotten, but your core is not. And I think that that's accurate. I mean, we know that Till. I absolutely love that quote. Yeah, I absolutely love that quote. Till, when we met Till, she was a brakeman. She was involved in doing things that were not particularly pleasant for the tale. And when we get introduced to Snowpiercer as a whole, we're introduced to the tale in Leighton and Josie's perspective. So those are the people we bond with first. And you really do look at good versus evil because we see the things that happen. Like Winnipeg's mom, I believe, loses her arm. And, you know, the things that Ruth, it's not just Till. Ruth had to do some things as well that were not pleasant. They all did. But what's happened is Till and Ruth have all evolved to have a better understanding of the people on the train and what it really means to take care of everyone versus only the first-class passengers who have mostly been removed. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, there's not much of first class left because remember we lost all those cars, those hundreds of people that, that we lost. And this, again, this was one of mine as well, a little bit of a different take on it though, because I loved that they didn't give us just one long scene of Audrey until that they peppered this, this shelter, them sheltering in place throughout the episode and they would bring us back to it. And so we'd have a moment where we'd see, 
till drinking and Audrey says something about, you know, you're hiding in alcohol or mm-hmm. you're using alcohol more and Till's just like, yep, you know, and but then we see this this uh I don't want to call it it's shame. And and that's because that's the word Audrey had used is shame. Mm-hmm. Because that when you know when they're in the bar car, when they're in that bar in the marketplace and Till says uh you know, Audrey says she's got all these emotions pent up and Till says, well, let him out, you know, and she says shame that she's feeling shame. And I think that's what triggered the shame and the guilt in Till mm-hmm. over who she had been. Yeah. And she's, she's seeing, you know, she's seeing Leighton almost kind of moving on to, you know, last, epi- last episode, she was referring to Leighton as her best friend, or Audrey was definitely referring to Leighton as her best friend. Now, you've almost lost your best friend here. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same as I said last episode about Audrey. The further Audrey gets away from Wilford, and I think she acknowledges that in this episode. She says, well, the further I get away, basically, the I don't remember the exact quote, but she says that the further she gets away from Wilford, the better person she's becoming. Mm-hmm. And we're getting this and I, 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 you know, we, we saw the previews. So there's definitely a, a, a little, uh, we got a romance thing going here. I know. Audrey and Till. I would have never expected those two. Like if you were going to tell me two characters who were going to get together, those would, would be miles apart. The, the two that I would have ever even thought about yeah. getting together. And I love the arc that we're seeing here. Of both Audrey and Till to where we get there at the end of the episode. And when they said, you know, you're, you're allowed to leave. She just says, I just, I just want to sleep. And mm-hmm. Audrey says the same thing. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. let's just sleep. Let's. Yeah. And it was such a sweet moment there. So I, I absolutely loved it. Um, Again, it's just Audrey doing, We and we've said, we've been saying this throughout the season. We needed Audrey to get back to being who she was in season one. Mm-hmm. The the healer, the the person who's putting pieces, the people pieces back together. Yeah. And Till even told her that. Till told her, you need to get back to doing everything that you did to help people to mm-hmm. be the healer. And I feel like this was an indication. This and also last week's with Leighton are indications of her getting back to who she was. The Audrey that. We all liked. I mean, she was my favorite character for a long time, but I just could not stand what they did to her. And mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like, oh, this is the Audrey. This is the yeah. one. Yeah, this is the personality that I appreciated. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see where they they take these these characters in this thing. So yeah, uh, all right, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just piggybacking off from every one of yours right now. <laughs> so. Uh, where where are we going next? Take us to our next stop. Okay. So I really Okay, let's see. I feel like we're gonna have to go to Asha. And I don't want to yet, but Okay, no, you no, you know where we're going. Here's where we're going, Steve. We're gonna go visit our good friend Roche in this moment yes. that he has with his daughter. So good. When they talk about missing Anne. Carly, you know, talks about thinking of her being out there with Alex's mom, which I love the friendship that Alex and Carly have. I I think it's wonderful. I think it's great for Alex to have someone her own age that she can connect with 
because she really hasn't had that very much. Mm-hmm. And then Roche goes on and talks about he, see, you know, pretends she's in the closet. So she, he goes and looks all over the closet. He can't seem to find her, but he still makes her a fake coffee. Like he makes her a fake coffee and he goes about his day. Mm-hmm. And they have this bonding moment where he just says, if you're still here, then she is too. And he plays this song called More Than This by Roxy Music. And it's a, on a cassette, so they kind of giggle over that. And then they dance in the in the car. And he sings yeah. along at first and then pulls her up to dance with him. And I just really appreciated this moment because it's part of the healing process for the two of them. They lost a lot. They had, those two have lost a lot. They lost two. There are two children in that family that passed away. They also now have lost the mom. It's a lot to deal with. And so for them to be bonding together, I really appreciated this moment that we got to see them. Yeah. It was great to see, you know, we had three or four moments with different couples in this, in this episode on, uh, we can talk a little bit about Asha in her interaction with Ruth. Yes. Though, cause we have this moment between Asha and Ruth where Ruth is, I don't know if, I don't want to say Ruth is starting to see her kind of cracking up, but Ruth is is starting to try to encourage her to be no you've got a purpose here you found a place you're you're working in this in this car and and so it was really cool to see those two together and then like you said we had Roche and Carly and then we have Zara going to see Wilford which I thought was the, the oddest ba- thing ever so strange to me it was but on the second watch I really appreciated what we got out of Wilford because he started to kind of talk about, you know, well, are you having, are you testing the baby or something like that? And there was a moment this, this morning when I was watching it, the subtitles left a line in that I didn't hear Zara say where she says the baby is a week old. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he stops being the... Uh, what? How can I put it? He he stops being this calculating, cold Wilford towards the baby, and you suddenly see him soften, and he realizes that this is a baby mm-hmm. born on Snowpiercer. And it was a really, t- to me, I really thought it was a touching moment. I'm I'm with you though. It was it was uh, strange because why would she go see him, and why? But you know, they did have while Leighton those six months while Leighton was gone. They spent a lot of time together over that that baby, and so maybe that was part of it. She just wanted to give him a chance to see it. Um, and I, I, you know, there's that that part where he asks to hold the baby, and she says, "Well, the last time I let somebody hold the baby, that didn't end so well." So we have we still have the ghost of uh, Pike being brought up here, and but she does she reluctantly gives him the baby, and then like I said, we see this kind of softening, but then. Yeah, the, the Wilford character is, is another confusing thing to me uh, in these I last think few episodes. I really believe that him, that Roche injecting him with that fluid has affected him because he went through this death process. 
And by going through it, it affected him. But I also think that the old Wilford is also there. And Zara even says to Wilford, you know, I figured it out. Going to get Melanie would be divisive for the train. It could be, it could stir some things up. Even though he's trying to act like, no, it wouldn't. You know, he just. And I have some more about this. Yeah, that he wouldn't do it to Alex. Like, he wouldn't do this to Alex. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's what. So let's let's go to your next one because I've got a bunch of this in one of my the next one of the next point I want to discuss. But what's your next? Okay, so my next one is a little one. It actually is Sykes and Javi working together to help over. Yeah, to hope help overcome his fear of Jupiter and other dogs. Because there's, we learn there's not very many dogs on Snowpiercer. But Sykes is working with him by exposing him to Jupiter in little increments to try to get him to overcome this fear and this constant, like, visions of seeing Jupiter. And we see later on in the episode when they're going around checking the scrubbers and Sykes gets overcome by the fumes he saves her and does CPR, even though he's hearing Jupiter's barks and he's being affected. That was so good. So it's happening. Like Javi's getting through it. You know, he's, it's taken him some, it's going to take him some time. I do think he's going to get through it. I like their, I like their relationship a lot. I like their little adventures that they go on together. They, you know, she's the right person to work with him to get him through this because she understands what the psychological damage is that was done by Wilford via, you know, using Jupiter as a vessel, basically, to inflict the pain and the harm. Yeah. I love that that whole thing about change your pants. Then you just, there's not mm-hmm. that many dogs out there. Change your pants. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's great. Javi and Sykes. Um, so my next one, I, I alluded to it a few minutes ago, or just a, just a bit ago, is the, and we, you kind of already started talking about it, is the hope of Melanie that yes. they have oh. revealed. I, I love Alex and Ben having this kind of, it's almost a debate or mm-hmm. but a conversation about these, um, what did they call them? They called them single car somethings. And they were different types of automated trains basically, mm-hmm. or train cars that they have out there that can do things that can plow that can that have maintenance things or, or or this or that and they're talking about how difficult it would be for a person to be on board one of these and survive for any length of time mm-hmm. but and so is you it, have that moment it's, it's called a track scaler okay track scaler um you have that moment, like you said, where Wilford says, I wouldn't do that to Alex. And he's talking about he wouldn't give her hope that Melanie is alive just for them to find a dead body mm-hmm. in a car. So part of me thinks that he really thinks that Melanie is is that good of an engineer that she could find a way to survive in one of these cars for it's been, you know, it's longer been a than while. six months. Yeah, it's been it's a while. Because I don't know how long they were how long it's been since they left her there on the side of the track, you know, on, on the side. Yeah. Of the I'd say there. it's been probably seven or eight months total. At, at least, at least it's, it's been a long yeah. time. So I, I, I love that part. Um, I love that. It, and like I said, this may be this new Wilford that we, we get that we're kind of getting 
here is that he's he's starting to to latch on to the hope that Melanie might be alive. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, we forget that, or at least that's his daughter, right? Mm-mm. If we're talking, it's not his daughter. It's like a daughter to daughter. him. He treated her like right. a daughter. He right. trusted to her. Him, yeah, right. he trusted to him, her. Melanie was like a was like a daughter to him, mm-hmm. and so that fact that he's now starting to admit that maybe she is alive out there, maybe she is somewhere that she can get back to us. And I just, I really liked seeing that. And then you talked about uh, Alex calling Carly a friend. And I think Ben actually, or she actually has a good friend. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love that. And then Alex admitting that she doesn't have many of those. And you're just like, you're reminded again, we've talked about the ages of that. She's so much younger than all the people she's interacting with mm-hmm. that to have this friend on the train, is a huge deal for her. So I'm, yeah, I really love that scene and love that whole thing. Yeah, that was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to bring up too, Zara and Leighton kind of have the start of the conversation where they are, you know, they share a responsibility now. And Leighton mm-hmm. admits that he was chasing an old idea of them together. So they're starting to discuss this so that they can be co-parents, I think. And he will be free to be with Josie. But I don't know if that's what she's going to want. You know? What Josie's going to want? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know that it's... Josie... I don't think it's that she wants to be with Ben. I think... I don't know. I'm not sure what Josie is going to want in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to see going forward. Cause you know, it's, it, that's Josie has been one of those characters that we haven't had every, in every episode. Yeah. This see, in fact, she wasn't even in this episode at all, Mm-mm. you know? And so it looks like from the previews, we're going to get her in the next episode. So we'll see. Yeah. So now have we gotten to, we've gotten to Asha. We've got to talk about it. We have to, I love the opening monologue where she's talking about being a child again, you know, running through the forest at her grandparents' farm, talking about the different things that are boiled together to make a cup of chai. And her grandmother always said, when everything goes wrong, perhaps it's setting itself right. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, you know, Asha couldn't understand the truth in the words, but now she's starting to put everything together. And so we're learning at the beginning, like she's with Ruth, learning if she wants to work in the ag sec room, like if she wants to be working with plants, because that seems to make her very happy. This is also mm-hmm. when Oz comes in and asks for something a little the spicier. Pepper. So mm-hmm. she gave him some peppers. Um, you know, she, a little bit later, we get to this point where Ruth goes to see her because Asha's been taking things from the supply. And Ruth even has to say to her, you know, I could go back. I could come back with you to the break, you know, and bring the brakeman or you could let me in. And then Asha actually gives us this critical piece of information. We didn't get about her character before. Whoosh. That was a huge, yeah. you know, push. Um, basically, the marauders died off. The rest of the crew started turning on each other. 
And she was so scared for her nephew's safety that she poisoned them all. She killed everybody. Yep. That was just, whoa. And then, and then for her, then to lose her nephew mm-hmm. to cancer was just heartbreaking to hear it that was. story. But at the same time, it also gives us a clue, I think, into, and I, I know you're, you're disappointed by it, but at the same time, yeah. it gives us a clue into her being willing to sacrifice herself. Mm-hmm. There, I think it there does. at the end. Well, she says, once you choose survival at any cost, there's no going back. You know, and we learn more, too. Like, Asha spent a lot of time traveling because she was running away from her mother. And then she she didn't realize, you know, that family wasn't always going to be there. And Leighton has a lot of trust in her as well because he goes to talk to her about his faith in New Eden and how it's disappeared. And Asha starts talking about how she's feeling like she's part of the train. And you you just, it's all the little things that you see in this episode with her. And then all of a sudden in her quarters, we get this atmospheric CCA that's going off and reading this increase in sulfur dioxide. And since Asha had been involved with maintaining the air quality at the nuclear lab, she understands what this means. So she takes her, her technology and she goes straight up to the head of the train and says, I'm getting these readings, even though they're not coming across on any of Snowpiercer's registers. Right. Cause she says her, her instruments are more, are more calibrated correctly mm-hmm. or more delicate to pick up these, this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just coming in as fog. And so I guess sulfur dioxide, hydrogen sulfide, carbon dioxide, and it's going to burn your lungs out. It's volcanic. Basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's they have to go get Wilford and bring him up because, of course, Leighton thinks that Wilford has something to do with it. You know, you knew about this, but he didn't. Uh, yeah. He says he I didn't. love that. I lo- yeah, I love that moment where it's like, how could I have known this was good? like this just happened? How could I know yeah. that this is that this was going to be here? You know, so they thought they all had to finally admit to go. Okay, yeah, right. He probably didn't didn't realize because this is something that just has recently happened mm-hmm. here. Well, he he even pleased to Alex and says, you know, we went through this, remember, and none of this was mm-hmm. here then. It so was clear. Is, yeah, it was, yeah, it was clear. Um, yeah. So. It's it's an interesting and, and then so she and and and, uh, and Leighton get get suited up and they go to the car and you know they 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 run into uh, Javi and Sykes and they tell and they're able to tell them what the problem is you know that one of the 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 scrubbers isn't open or isn't closed or something or needs to be closed or something something like that and that they're going to have to manually close it themselves mm-hmm. and that's when we get to that point where they open up that hatch and you can't get through the hatch in your suit but you're going to die if you get out of your suit mm-hmm. and i again i come back to that the, the sacrifice that asha makes is i'm sure partly because of the guilt but it's also because i hate to say it like this but in a way her death gives Leighton an out that he doesn't have to tell the lie. He doesn't have to tell that New Eden is a lie. Right? Yeah. Because when she dies, now he can say, well, she told me 
this was there. And I believed her. And so it's it's a weird It does. I didn't think Layton's gonna be in. It's a weird place that that he's gonna be in because now now he knows, and I I love that whole scene when she says, Describe it to me, and she wants him to describe it again and tell her about New Eden. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to see what he does about the New Eden lie in the next couple episodes. Yeah. If if that so I know. Are we going to get to it this season? I wonder. I don't know. And that's, you know, that's, but something you said earlier is where I had another confusing point in this episode was Asha says all the Marauders died out, right? Mm -hmm. Then who were the two that attacked them in the reactor? We talked about this last week that, that I think that was part of Leighton's vision. I don't okay. know that that was necessarily real. But there was still the fresh blood on the wall that we've had there all this time. W- there was. So I don't so, know. Yeah. I mean, how much of know, that? It, uh, I yeah, don't know. It, it it just brought me back to that same issue of going, we don't know that, that because of the nature of the last episode, we don't know how much of it was memory, how much of it was dream, how much of it really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the the blood's never was never actually on the wall. Maybe the blood was always, I don't know, a hallucination. I know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I thought it was interesting too. I mean, Sykes and as you said, you know, Sykes and Javi told Asha and Leighton that they had to close the valve because they had to get out of there because they both had been exposed and needed to to get clear. Um, maybe that is what um, was supposed to happen. I'm just, you know me, and we've lost enough this season with characters that we didn't get to see their end. And I've been a little punchy about it the whole season. Mm-hmm. I'm still punchy about it. I still am bugged. But I also want to know who Dr. Headwood has as her little Frankenstein monster. Because who so knows? Much stuff. Yeah, there's so much set up for these last two episodes. And I know we're going to get more questions with that going into it. We're going to get even mm-hmm. more questions about, you know, what's what's happening with this stuff. So, oh, I do. Yeah. I, I'm with you, though. I, I hate to see Asha go. Um, I, But again, I, I just keep going. I keep circling back to if she had stayed alive the new Eden lie, it would be problematic anyway. So no, this does help Leighton, but mm, I don't know. Um, so do we have any other, like I have no other notes except for one little one that we talked about before we started recording. And that was the commercial for snowfighter.com. Oh my goodness. Play <laughs> snowfighter.com. Yes, I went to look at it. I have not played it yet. However, it is on my list of things to do. I just haven't done it yet. I want to check it out. It's It, it looks super cool. It looked very retro. And yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to at least check it out and see what uh, what it could be. I guess you could be either Leighton or Melanie. And it kind of harkens yes. back to season one when they were kind of at odds with each other. Yeah. So it's uh, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Got to check it out. I did one thing that I had uh, a note on was when she gave Oz 
the peppers. He said he was going to name his latest project Ms. Osh's New Eden Hot Batch. And I thought that I was it. cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking. I mean, I even called Ben and Alex dueling engineers because I felt like they were going back and forth. It was such a fun conversation. It was. And I have that quote. I have that quote from Leighton that just made me laugh when Leighton's looking out the front and they're all arguing. And he goes, hey, I know y'all are busy back there doing science. But is this what you're looking for? <laughs> you know, and they look out and they see this big, gigantic orange cloud. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, yeah, like, that's. <laughs> well, and they didn't know because it was also corrosive. So they weren't really sure what was going to happen. And so they needed um, Wilford to come up and confirm if they could even go through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how he's so he's so positive about it. He's just like, oh, no, the scrubbers can handle it. It's it's fine. These levels are are, we're going to get through without any problem. And, you know, if that one scrubber hadn't malfunctioned or whatever happened with it, they probably would have not had Mm -hmm. any any issue. But, uh, you know, that was that was part of what led up to that tender moment between we talked about Roche and Carly, that tender moment, because she looked at him and that line. I wish I'd written it down because. It's so powerful and you see him turn from he's, you know, he's out in the hallway being this brakeman who's evacuating people, telling them to shelter in place. And you know that he's probably one of the key people that normally wouldn't shelter in place. But when mm-hmm. he hears his daughter say, is it true that there's super corrosive air out there? And he hears the worry and the fear in her voice mm-hmm. that he comes in and he closes the door and he says, let's let's do this this music and she's like no no i don't want to and he goes you want me to turn it up i'll turn it up and then he's <laughs> singing for her and like we already talked about the moment but it just it's just so it was just such a good touching moment and i, I know it's i'm kind of repeating it but it was it no was it was cool really to touching see. and after seeing how much stress and strife and you know how hard it's been for them it was nice to see this heartwarming moment and I'm, I like that too. I, what, the only other note I have is Asha also said before her monologue, she, she tells a little story kind of with green was the first color to disappear outside. Our crops withered by drought, our forest set ablaze, and then the whole charred ruin locked away in ice. So that kind of gives you this description of what it was like at the end. You know, and, and Asha even at one point mentions, you know, what, when someone asked, well, what were you doing there? She said, I, I was trying to get, I couldn't get on the train. Like, this is what, it's where I ended up. I tried. I couldn't get on the train. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such, it really, the more we've talked about, the more it's such, now I like it. I don't know if I like it. Like, I liked last week's episode because I like that kind of, stuff yeah but uh, it's not my man, jam this really was a this really was a good episode the more and more we've talked about it yeah uh the only other quote i have i alluded it to it earlier is the one where till and audrey are talking and audrey says i'm not one to talk but you've been leaning pretty heavily on the alcohol and till's response is you're right you're not one to talk and that's you know before we see them bond, bond. together so yeah uh, i wish in some ways I don't want them to push them into a relationship because I still am unclear on Audrey's motives 
And mm-hmm. I would like them to have a really good friendship. But I, I don't know. Well, we're gonna see. It's the same. It's the same thing. I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a prude, but it, it's. It, did you ever watch the TV show Rizzoli and Isles? It was Me, one of those TNT once or twice. Yeah. Police, police. I, one of the things I loved about that show is they didn't do what so many shows do. That as soon as you have two female characters getting close together and being close friends, you suddenly push them into a romantic. Yeah, it doesn't always. Ha- but they do, Steve. They do that with any, any partner. And that's right. And that's what I'm saying is, is I hope, I hope I'm kind of with you. I'd like to see the romance, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it would be interesting to see it just be, like you said, a, a good friendship, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. I, I don't think you have to push every relationship into a romantic one because being friends and having a deep connection can be just as meaningful. You don't have to push it that way. And I know a lot. I mean, I've watched a lot of detective shows in the past and whether they're male or female, there is always this section of fans that want to push them into that relationship. And it's like, it doesn't always have to be that way. Like you can, I'd love it if they would just show that you can be friends. Like being friends can be a wonderful thing. Being close Absolutely. in yeah, you can have a really close friendship without it being romantic. And uh yeah, so that's what I'm hoping for. I just would like to see, I like to see strong female characters having solid relationships without it having to always go to romance. It can be more than that. Um, I did not see any feedback. I checked uh, the email and I checked. I didn't see anything on Facebook or uh, any of the other uh, spots. So with that, I uh, we talked a little bit earlier. I I don't have any podcast recommendations. I hate to say <laughs> it. It's just been it's been a it's been a week for me. And uh, uh, what about you? Anything to to recommend to our listeners? Nope. I can only recommend what I'll recommend when I. Talk about where other li- where listeners can hear us. Okay, so okay. that'll be. I, I will say, I will say one thing now that I now that I thought about it. I'll plug the same thing that Laura and I talked about when we wrapped up the the Witcher. Is I will push Honest Trailers. If you're not watching the Honest Trailers YouTube channel, oh my gosh, you are missing out. <laughs> one drop today for the movie Free Guy, uh, and it is just hilarious. Those Honest Trailer guys. Uh, do a great job of uh they're they're funny and they're witty and they're they're really really cool so check out honest trailers is it like ryan george because i love his pitch meetings ryan george does the pitch meetings i love those those are kind of a similar kind of a similar kind of thing um they they poke fun at the movie at the movie or the TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the, the one for the Witcher season two is like seven minutes and it's absolutely hilarious. And there's things in that one that Laura and I talked about <laughs> during our coverage that just had me continually don't you, laughing. Don't you love the validation when someone else yes. brings it up? It's so much fun. I went to see um, the Batman this weekend at the theater and Chris and I have this tradition when We've seen a movie, we automatically go to look for the pitch meeting. 
and it was it was delightful. I mean, it just it's fun. It's just a fun thing to do after. I don't recommend yeah. going to do it before you've seen the movie because yeah. you know, movies need to be seen. Very good. Uh, well, with that, uh, we can be heard on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player of choice you you have uh, out there. You're listening to us on it. Uh, if you got the opportunity to give us a review, we would love to read a review from you and give you a shout out for that. Absolutely. You can check out our new website at panelstopixelspodcast.com. That. That website will redirect you straight to our Facebook group, which is the one of the best ways to interact with us, with us which is facebook.com slash panels2pixels. We are on Twitter at panels2pixels. That's panels, the number two, and pixels. We have an email address, panels2pixels1 at gmail.com. You can be like Jeff, who sent us a voicemail last week. And again, that's panels2pixels1. The T-O is spelled out right there in the middle. The number one at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube if you search for Panels to Pixels Podcast. Please give us a thumbs up and subscribe. We are on Instagram at Panels to Pixels Podcast. That's Panels to Pixels Podcast, all spelled out in letters. And you can check out all the other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network. We highly recommend them. Wilhelm, The Melting Pat, Podcast Zero, and so much more. Go to Next levelradioonline.com and check them out there. Next week, we will have episode nine, the penultimate episode of season three, a beacon for us all. Oh, you know what that all. could mean. You know it, Steve. Can you feel it? I know, it? and I can if feel you watch it. the preview, if you watch the preview, I oh. think... Uh, I can't say I did get spoiled of something when I went to go look at the title on IMDb mm-hmm. because they, ha- you know, that's the only bad thing about looking for these titles is the cast list is right there on the mm-hmm. right hand side of the screen. So there was something on that cast list that I went, oh, no, my uh. eyes. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, a beacon for us all. Uh, Daphne, where else can listen? So a beacon now, ever since Melanie went to collect the data, every time I hear the word beacon with regard to this show, beacon makes me think of her. So that's what that's where my mind is at right now. I didn't even pick up on that when the with the word beacon, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, Daphne, where else can listeners hear you? Well, my podcast with my good friend, Paik, called Run For Your Lives Podcast. We're on a break until probably mid-April. I'm not going to do it again. I did it last week. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> we were on a break. <laughs> so, we're on a break I said I wasn't. until mid-April. Um, but you can go back and listen to our prior episodes. We have recorded a total of 75 episodes. Wow. Um, we're heading into season four. We've started recording the episodes for season four. Um, and so I'm busy with that. And I'm also one of the co-hosts on Podcastica's Yellow Jackets podcast. And we just did episode three last week. We're recording episode four tomorrow. So that will be out later this week. We're Basically taking a look at the first episodes 
but also taking into account what we learned at the end of the series, like everything we've learned and how it connects together. And it's kind of a unique way of looking at it. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Me, Penny, Wendy, and Jason kind of rotate in and out. And so I'm really excited to, um, to keep going on that. It's a lot of fun. Very, very cool. Yeah. In fact, just before we started recording tonight, I just did my live Steve for Bear Down. Oh, and sent it in. Uh, So that's (laughs) going to be be a a fun one. one. Uh, Laura and I finished up The Witcher Season 2 last week, and Mark and I will be starting Moon Knight here in about two weeks, two, three weeks, something like that. Uh, uh, Depending on, I guess, Moon Knight's the end of the month, so we'll finish finish Snowpiercer and go right into Moon Knight. It's going to be fun. You and Mark have not been on a podcast together in a while. I know. It's going to be interesting. (laughs) To get you guys back together. Yeah. Got to get the band back together. All right. Always. (laughs) Uh, So with that, I am Steve. And I'm Daphne. And this was Panels to Pixels. And we will see you on the next panel. Good night. Good night.